You are listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. All right. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Hey, well, I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, welcome to Venice Church once again. My name is Matt. I get the pleasure of being one of the pastors here. If today's your first time, we hope that God just does something special in your life. Uh, welcome to part five of a three-part series. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was, th- we're in a series right now, and I'm pretty sure we are concluding today. Okay. Um, can, I, can I just have some freedom in the spirit to not hold me to that next week if we show up? and just No, because next week starts Live Love. Um, so if you, you hear people getting excited, because every year about this time, we just go back to the reason why we're, we're here. And that's to, and you heard Chris say earlier, we exist to inspire people to live in love like Jesus. Um, so whether you come to a worship gathering or an outreach event or a youth meeting or a kids event or whatever, like I can tell you, if somebody said, why are we here? It's to inspire people to live in love like Jesus, because that, that's what the church exists to do. Um, and so next week we start that series, and our, we are just praying for big things. Our, our staff has been on a 40-day, I don't know if you want to call it a fast, but we've been doing some intentional, more intentional seeking of God, asking him to do something during, those, uh, during that season. It's, that series will last, it's supposed to last for 22 days. But if God wants to take it further, we'll, we'll let him. Um, we, we believe in preparation. We prepare well in advance for these weekends, but this is God's time. And whatever he wants to do with it, it don't matter the plans that we have. Come on, somebody. A spirit takes over. And, yeah, y'all can clap. Come on, don't act like you're going to clap. Let's clap. We're going to get excited today about being here. Amen. Um, but today we are going to finish a, a series called Time. And so once again, uh, I want to take your attention back to Psalm 90. Um, if you've got the Venice Church app, if you're new to our church, the Venice Church app is the great way for, probably the easiest, best tool for you to stay connected to what's happening in our church. There's a little notes section there, and you can follow along as I'm teaching, or if you want to pull it up in your Bible. Psalm 90. And kind of just to remind you, if you've missed this series, you can go back and listen to it on our podcast. But God used this psalm to teach me. And, and these sermons are just coming out of things that God's been teaching me about time. And I don't know if it's because I turned 39 this year, and so I'm, I'm, I'm headed toward, toward a, a monumental kind of birthday for my life. And the church is 10 years ago that we moved up here to start the process of, of planning this church. And it's just, so time has just been at the forefront of my mind. And then I read this psalm, not written by David, who we usually associate the psalms with, but by Moses, this biblical superhero who God tasked with leading the nation of Israel out of 450 years of slavery in Egypt to take them from where they were to where God wanted them to be in something called the promised land. And Moses, you know that story, you kind of know all that history, but here he is coming down to the end of his life and he pins this amazingly beautiful psalm, Psalm 90. I'm going to start with verse 1. You with me? Say amen. It says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning, and the morning It springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. Drop down to verse 9. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a a moan. Anybody ever finish the end of the day, you lay down, you just go, ugh. Amen, somebody? 
First week of school this past week, come on, teachers in the room, students, you about 1230, you were like, oh, it's only 1230. Verse 10, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that you are due. Now, can we, can we just see here, here, do you see this man reflecting? Like he's wrestling with his own mortality, right? He's wrestling with his own mortality. Like he's coming to the end of his life. And, and, and it's not the most uplifting of words at times. Come on. Uh, it's like, you know, our days end with a moan. And, you know, our days, they, they fly away. They move so quickly and, and they pass away and, and all these kind of things. And he's getting to this place. And the reality is this whole concept of time is just coming down on him like a ton of bricks. And then he says this in verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Like, it just struck me as I read that, that that Moses is is challenging us to help us to get a, a grasp and an understanding of time because it moves so quickly. I mean, days just seem to fly by. Anybody else with me? You just feel like every week seems to go by faster than the one before it. Y'all help me preach this morning, okay? Every, every week, I mean, like, we're talking to our staff, like, for, as we were working and planning for Sunday, it's like some, the time between Sunday to Sunday seems like it just gets shorter and shorter, and years just begin to just fly by, and, and maybe you're young in the room, and, 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 and like, I, I sound like an old grandpa to you, and you're like, I got all the time in the world, but man, the reality of time has just been hitting me, and so we've just been talking about this subject, and I've just been teaching you about the subject of time, things that God has been teaching me, because the reality is, I read that psalm, and it said, teach us to number our days, and, and this year's been, a, been and, and I don't say this, I don't, I don't need your pity, but it's been, a, it's been a hard year for me. You know, anybody else, you had a hard year? Come on, say amen, somebody. Like, every year is hard, Pastor Matt. I get it. Come on, somebody, right? Yes, every year is full of its own challenges, and its own struggles, and its own things, and just to number, I, mean, I don't want to waste time anymore. I want to make the most of all the time that I have because time is this precious commodity, right? Like what you've lost, you're not getting back. I'm sorry, but Doc Brown ain't showing up with a DeLorean outside after church today. Nobody seen that movie, Back to the Future? Is, there, is that how young or how snooty? I don't watch movies if they're not, shut up. <laughs> like you can't get those days back and you have no idea how many days are ahead of us? I had a conversation with somebody this morning as we left church of a young man in our community that took his own life last night. Like, you don't know. You don't know. And so let's make the most of it. And so we've been wrestling with, all right, how do we do that? How do we make the most of our time? And, and I thought I had preached it out. I mean, I thought I, thought I had. I really I had not planned to teach this last message. But this last message is kind of something that God has been teaching me over the last several weeks. And to be honest with you, I, I wanted it kind of just to be for me. And, and, and I just didn't feel led to, to, to talk about this. And so I don't know this so much as a sermon as I'm just going to tell you some things that God's been teaching me or something that God even revealed to me. Because as I read those words, something just hit me. You know, we look at Moses, and he's like this bigger-than-life character, Right? I mean, it's like the, when we look at these people of the Bible, it's almost like they're not human. It's like we're looking at a Marvel comic book, and he's one of the X-Men. It's like they're not real. Anybody else with me? Like you read these people in the Bible, and it's like they, was, they were mutants. They weren't real people. But they were real people. Like flesh and blood and bones, and just, just like you and I with the same struggles and frustrations and fears and anxieties. And they were, they were real, actual human beings with 
worries and anxieties and these kinds of things. And, and something hit me as I read through this, because we look at Moses and think he was just this awesome, faithful guy who, who accomplished these great things and never struggled. But something hit me as I read that psalm one more time. I hear a man who seems exhausted. Do you hear it? Let's go back. Dean, let's go back to that passage of Scripture. Let's go back into, into just verse 5. It says, Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but in evening it's dry and withered. I think, he, I think Moses maybe is feeling a little bit dry and withered. Kind of a little bit wore out. Verse 9, all our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with the moan. I, I hear, say amen with me. Don't you hear a man that's exhausted? Then it seems like he's just kind of worn out a little bit. And here's the thing. I can relate. Anybody ever been exhausted? Can, can we get, I, I know I'm, gonna, I'm about to sit down and I'm not going to be in the light right now, so the production team's going to freak out. Can we be honest? Ever been exhausted? I'm talking like, I mean, and you know what? Here's what's funny is exhausted is not reserved to an age group. Like, I mean, children, kids, the, the, the pressures and the things that kids go through and have to experience and the, and the load that they carry, it's like from the time you're born to the time you die, there's a lot of pressure and anxiety and things to deal with. And it's really easy to just get exhausted. And maybe, like, I don't know, maybe you come in today and you feel, you feel as, as fresh as the morning do. And the rest of us are like, we hate you. <laughs> but I, I look at Moses and I, and I see a man who's exhausted. And that led me to go back and, and look at his life a little closer. And what I discovered in him that I think led him to a position, to a place of exhaustion are the same things and mistakes that I make that lead me to that same place. And we're going to get to those in just a second, but as, as we look at this series, can I, I've, treated, I, I, I've treated time kind of two different ways my entire life that, that's messed me up. I spent most of my life thinking I had plenty of time. And when you get in the mindset of you, you have plenty of time, you end up doing too little. Come on, somebody. Like when you believe that you have all the time in the world, you think, well, that can wait. I don't have to do that today. I have all the time in the world to get that done. I have all the time in the world. I'm only, I'm only 16. I'm only 18. I'm only 30. Holy crap, I'm 39. Right? Like we, we live in this moment in our lives. We think, I have plenty of time to fix that relationship. I have plenty of time to make things right with my son. I have plenty of time to get that degree. I have plenty of time. And so what happens but when, we, when we believe that we have plenty of time, the tendency, our temptation is to end up doing too little. Can anybody relate with me? And so what happens is because I, believe I, I, I believed I had plenty of time, I did too little, and I lived a lot of years in complacency. But then all of a sudden, I went from I have plenty of time to I don't have enough time. It's like all of a sudden, overnight, I went from I have plenty of time to Erp, I don't have enough time. It's crazy. Like when I remember, like my kid, even my, like my kids are only nine, and like I know, it's it's easy. Like you, when when they're when they're in diapers, you think, man, I have I have plenty of time, and I wish it would hurry by. And then, like next thing you know, they're sixteen, 
and you want to go back to, no, nobody wants to go back to diapers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have plenty of time. And then all of a sudden, you, it's not that I don't have plenty of time. I, I don't have enough time. And then you go from, I have plenty of time. I'm doing too little. I'm complacent to, I don't have enough time. I'm doing too much and I'm exhausted. Can anybody relate to Let me know that I'm making sense this morning, church. Come on with me. And, like, and see, here's the, the thing I think that could happen out of this series if, if we're not real with each other. Because we, the pressure of time is building. Even as we look at this series and we're talking about purpose and potential and we're talking about blessings and burdens and all the different things that we've, we've dealt with as we've walked through this series, I think it can be tempt, you can be tempted to come out of the series and we've talked about time so much and I could cause you to panic. And if you panic about time, your tendency will be to believe that I don't have enough and you will try to do too much. And you will try to cram too much in the days that you have ahead and you will wear yourself out and you will end up exhausted. And that is not what I want to happen out of this series. And I don't think that was what Moses was saying. Teach us to number our days so we can get our calendar so full that we don't even have time to breathe. So many of us feel like that right now as we're here. We're already there. And see, when we get to that place, where we don't feel like we have enough time, everything can feel urgent. And what feels urgent can quickly become the enemy of what's important. I'll say that again. What feels urgent can quickly become the enemy of important. Just because it feels urgent does not mean it's important. Come on, somebody. And so... How do we, how do, what's, what's the recipe for exhaustion? How do we avoid getting to that place? Because I'll be honest with you, just as I read through that psalm, I just feel Moses there. And, and, and so I just went back and I started reading through his story again. And I've read through that story my whole, I probably preach more on Moses than outside of Jesus than, than any other, especially Old Testament character in all of Scripture because there's so many layers to his story. But what I realized is I watched Moses do two very specific things throughout his life and his story in the Old Testament that I am so very guilty of. And if you do these two things, I guarantee you, you will wear yourself out and you will end up exhausted. The first thing is this, a failure to recognize your limitations. If you want to end up exhausted, fail to recognize your limitations. Can I just let you in on a little secret? You can't do everything. You cannot do, you know, I know we live in a culture where everybody, when you grow up, it's like, oh, you can be anything you want to be. No, you can't. You're a 5'2 and you can't shoot. You're not going to be a basketball player. Like there are things that you can't do. You are not, you are not a superhero, just like Moses wasn't. You, you, when you fail to recognize your limitations, you were on a pathway to exhaustion. And the reality is you have limitations. You cannot do everything. You cannot be everything to everybody. And you know, we've, we, we justify it sometimes because, well, I'm their parent or I'm their husband or I'm this or I'm the CEO or I'm the owner, I'm the blah, blah, blah. And we think we can do things that we can't do. And when we fail to recognize our limitations, we try to live outside of those limitations and we begin to wear ourselves out. 
And the reality is, you got to get real. If you are not honest about your limitations, you will be unrealistic about your expectations. And when you're unrealistic about your expectations, it will mess with your emotions, you will overextend yourselves, and you will burn out. I feel like I'm preaching better than y'all responding right now. A failure to recognize your limitations. See, God is limitless, but you are not. (laughs) And I don't say that to discourage you. I say that to free you, to live free inside the boundaries of your limitations. You have limits on what you can do. You have limits on what you can accomplish. You have limits on what you can be for the people in your life. And if you want to wear yourself out really quickly, just fail to recognize your limitations. The second thing is this. Not only a failure to recognize your limitations, but a failure to trust his provision. And I think those two things are directly connected. I think most of us end up trying to live outside of our limitations because we fail to recognize God's provision. See, we see something that needs to happen in our life and something that needs to get done and something that we've got to accomplish. And when it's not happening and when when we don't feel like God can do it, what we do is we drift outside the lane of our part and into the lane of his part. And when you start trying to do for yourself and in your life what only God is supposed to do, then that's the quickest way to wear yourself out. You are not God. When you try to be God in your own life, the pressure will crush you and it will wear you out. See, when we, that's why we fail to trust his, that's why we drift outside of our limitations. We drift outside of our limitations because we don't trust his provision. And so we try to take on things and do things that we're not supposed to be doing. That we don't have to do. That we don't need to do. That he has not asked you to do. And when you start trying to live in that lane, it wears you out. And those are the two things that I see happen in Moses' life. See, you are limited in what you can produce, but that does not limit what he can make possible. And see, that's where we get conflicted. And you see this play out in the life of Moses. I think Moses, when he pins this, I believe in my heart he was exhausted. I believe he was wore out. And I think it's because these two things are present in his life. He failed to recognize his limitations, and then so often he failed to trust God's provision. Let me show you. Go to the Bible. Go to Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18, we're going to pick up with verse 13. Now, this is just on the heels of they've, they've crossed the Red Sea, and they're beginning to head to the promised land, and all these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people are now, Moses feels the weight of trying to take care of them. And this is how it plays out in Exodus chapter 18. Look at verse 13. It says, the next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. So Moses is sitting here trying to solve everybody's problems. There's nobody in the room like that that feels the weight and the pressure like you are Mr. or Mrs. Fix-It. you got to fix your mama's problems, your daughter's problems, your co-worker's problems, your neighbor's problems. Like you somehow, for some reason, have bought into the fact that you are the problem solver. There's some people looking at their spouse like. Like that's who Moses was doing. Can we relate to Moses today? Like he felt the need to be the one to carry the weight of solving everybody's problems. You're trying to solve your kids' problems and they're 39, they're grown. Let them solve their own problems. Verse 14. The good, it's a good thing that Moses had something that we all need. Somebody in his life paying attention 
to call him out. Look at Exodus 18, 14. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge? Why are all these people, while all these people stand around you from morning to evening? See, Moses was lucky enough to have somebody in his life that was paying enough attention to what he was trying to do to see the mistake he was making, the bad road he was headed down, and he had the courage to call him out. That's why you need to live in community with other believers. You need other people in your life to pay attention to what's happening in your life so that when they see you doing things that you don't need to be doing, they can say, dude, what are you doing? You need a dude, what are you doing person in your life. You know that's why we offer life groups, right? That's why we do church. A big part of it is because we, you need to be surrounded by people that can look at you and say, dude, what are you doing? And we push life groups all the time. We're not just doing that so we can get you to add one more thing to your already busy schedule. But you need somebody in your life to look at you and say, dude, what are you doing? He asked Moses, like, Why, what are you doing right now? Verse 17, Moses' father-in-law, excuse me, Moses answered in verse 15, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Like Moses is like, well, I, somebody's got to take care of these people. Like they, they got these disputes, and they got these problems, and like it's my job. It's, uh, it's my job to do this. I, I'm their parent. I'm their spouse. I'm their employer. I'm, it's my job to take care of all these things. And then look what Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, says in verse 17. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you're doing is not good. You and these people, and notice he says you and these people, not just you. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Can I be Jethro in somebody's life right now? Like what you're doing, the way that you're trying to live, like beyond your limitations, taking on more than you can handle, trying to fix more than you're supposed to fix, trying to be everything for everybody in ways that is, on. this is not good. And what you're doing is not only gonna wear you out, it's also gonna wear, it's not good for anybody. And it's you cannot carry this alone. See, Moses has started to drift outside of his limitations. He failed to recognize his limitations. He failed to realize that what he was trying to do and be for all these people, he could not be. And Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, was trying to let him know, if you keep living at this pace, if you keep doing this, it will wear you out. You know, I think another thing that's going on here, I think Moses is what tend to do what we all do. We're able to do it for a little while, so we believe we can do it for a lifetime. Like, well, I've been doing it for a year, and like I'm still standing. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not that healthy, but, but I'm not terribly unhealthy. And I, I've been living this pace for, for so long now, like I, I, ain't, I ain't died yet. 
And so we can get in ourselves in this position where we live at such a place for so long and somehow maintain some measure of health that we convince ourselves we can do it forever. And most of us are thinking, well, maybe I won't do this but for a year, Jethro, or maybe I I can handle these people for a few days. And I think Jethro's trying to get him to realize, yeah, see, you buy into that. You think because you do it in the short term, you can do it in the long term. And the reality is you can't. And maybe you've been living at the pace you're living right now for some time and you haven't crashed and burned yet, but you're tempting fate. Because at some point, things are going to crack. The foundation's going to go and you're going to give out. And I would submit to you when you do that, the fallout will be worse than you can imagine if you don't stop now. Can I submit to you another thing I think Jethro was trying to protect Moses from? I think he was trying to protect Moses from an unrealistic demand of those who are around him. Because what you allow people to demand from you, they will want to sustain from you for as long as they possibly can. And the more some people get out of you, the more they will try to get from you as the days move on. And Moses was, Jethro was trying to get Moses to not set an expectation from those people that Moses could not sustain. And there's some people in your life, you've allowed them to demand so much of you and so much of you, and you're going to have to come out of this service, this worship gathering, and have some really hard conversations and look at them and say, not no more. I'm not going to let you demand that of me anymore. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to you. We're going to set some boundaries. We're going to set some limitations. And this is going to stop. I'm freeing somebody right now. They're not talking like it, but I am. I'm telling you. So Moses, uh, uh, Jethro says in verse 19, listen now to me and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way that they are to live and how they are to behave. In other words, like Moses, there are things that you need to do, but what's happening is you're drifting beyond what God has called you to do and you're trying to do other, something that other people can do for them, that this whole weight does not have to land on you. Verse 21, but select capable men from all the people Men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. In other words, get some people to share the responsibility to delegate some of the things and some of the pressures that you feel like you need to do. See, Moses failed to recognize his limitations, so he started to drift outside of those limitations, not trusting that God had made provision through other capable people around him to help carry the load. You with me so far? Say amen. But see, if you fast forward several years and you slide over to Numbers chapter 11, you see that Moses didn't quite learn this lesson because you see him once again begin to drift outside of his limitations, fail to trust God's provision, and try to once again carry this thing all by himself. Go to uh, Numbers chapter 11. We referenced a portion of this a couple weeks ago. Now, after all this has happened, Moses is now in this place. And now Moses, God has been providing for the nation of Israel like crazy. If you go read the story, I mean, these, these clouds by day and pillars of fire by night. And, and it's rained food from heaven. And they've gotten, they stuck straws and rocks and waters come out. I mean, like God has been providing for them in the most crazy, powerful, unique ways. So you would think like after seeing God do all these kind of crazy things, they would never doubt God again. But here we are once again 
And we find ourselves in a predicament with Moses and the nation of Israel. In Numbers chapter 11, pick up what verse 10. It says, Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance to their tents. The Lord became exceedingly angry, and Moses was troubled. And so once again, like, they're, they're, they're needing food. And so they would come out, and they were like, Moses, we ain't got food again. We need you to do something. We need you to go in that little tent of yours, talk to God, and, and get us some food. We're hungry. You get a bunch of hungry people, it's dangerous. Verse 11, so this is how Moses responds. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Sound familiar? He's trying to carry it once again by himself. Verse 12, check it out. Did I, not, did I conceive all these people? Did I give birth to them? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on the oath to give their ancestors? Why, where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me, give us meat. Verse 14, I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. So Moses looks at God and says, I cannot carry all this by myself. You know what God says? Nobody asked you to. See, sometimes we're complaining to God about something he never asked us to do. He said, God, I can't carry all these people by myself. And God's thinking, nobody ever asked you to carry all these people by yourself, Moses. Don't you remember that conversation that you had several years ago with your father-in-law, with Jethro? He tried to tell you, you didn't have to carry these people by yourself. Why are, you, why are you trying to? You don't have to. That thing, you're sitting here and you're feeling overwhelmed and burdened and you're looking at God like, God, why have I got to carry this all by myself? Why do I got to deal with all this? You know what God's saying? You don't have to. You don't have to. So stop worrying. Stop trying. That thing that's wearing you out, that burden you're carrying all alone, guess what? You don't have to. You don't have to. Look what God says. Verse 15. It says, if this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I found favor in your eyes, and do not let me face my own ruin. Like Moses is so stressed out and exhausted, he wants to give up. And see, I'm afraid there are people that come in here like that a lot from week to week, that you, you're so overwhelmed, like you're on the brink of like giving up, throwing in the towel, and that's where Moses is. And once again, it's not because he has to be there. It's because once again, he's making the same mistake he made years earlier. He's failing to recognize his own limitations and trust God's provision. He's trying to carry by himself what God never intended for him to carry by himself. He's trying to do what God wants to do for him. Verse 18. It says, tell the people, consecrate uh, yourselves in preparation for tomorrow when you, when you will eat. The Lord heard you when you wailed, if only we had meat. We were better off in Egypt. So God says, we heard you. Like Moses, we've heard you. And then look what happens. Now the meat, the Lord will give you meat and you will eat it. I love this part. Sounds like the way I talk to my kids. Now the Lord will give you meat and you will eat it. 
You will not eat it for just one day or two days or five or ten before a month until it comes out of your nostrils. <laughs> Sound like mama talking to you as a kid, right? Oh, you boy, you gonna eat it. Because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wailed before him saying, why did we ever leave Egypt? So he says, Moses, I'm gonna provide for the people like I always have. <laughs> I, I've always provided for them. I've always come through. I've always, don't you remember all these things I've done for you? But look what happened, verse 21. But Moses said, here I am among 600,000 men on foot, and you say I will give them meat to eat for a whole month? Would they have enough if flocks and herds were slaughtered for them? Would they have enough if all the fish in the sea were caught for them? See, this is where, this is the problem right here. The reason why we tend to just fail to recognize our limitations is because we don't trust God's provision. He's like, God, you say you're going to give meat, but like there's not an, do you realize how many people are here? If we slaughtered every cow across this whole land there would not even be enough meat like God there's no way you can provide this time the burden Lord is too big for you so I'm gonna have to figure this out don't we live like that so much like God I I've got to figure this out I've got to do it because because we don't trust his provision we extend beyond our limitations and once again Moses finds himself in that same spot see the reason why he felt so overwhelmed the reason why he's living outside of his limitations is because once again, he's failing to trust God's provision. And look what the Lord says next in verse 23. The Lord answered Moses, is the Lord's arm too short? I love that answer. Moses, really, dude? Is the Lord's arm too short? Now you will see whether or not what I say will come true for you. He says, God, there's no way this is gonna happen. Like, it's too much. He says, Really, is the Lord's arm too short? Do you still not trust me after all these years and after all the ways I've proven myself? Moses, do you not realize what I can do now? See, Moses got overwhelmed and he got exhausted over and over again because he thought he had to do more than he had to do. See, we can come out of a series like this where we're challenged to make the most of time Instead of making the most of time, time can make the most of us. <laughs> Instead of spending time, we can just get spent by time. Trying to cram way too much because we feel like we're running out of time. And can I just say something to you? Stop. Just stop. Stop thinking that you don't have limitations. Start trusting his provision in your life. Live free within those limitations. And because when, see, God didn't choose Moses because he lacked limitations. Because see, where, where your limitations create an end, his provision can create a new beginning. See, where you stop, guess what? He can take over. And just because you're limited in what you can produce does not mean he's limited in what he can make possible. And so can I just challenge us before we move, is if you're exhausted, maybe it's because you're living outside your limitations and failing to trust his provision, and it's time to just stop. And see, here's why you're afraid to stop, because you know time won't stop with you. Like, man, I can hit pause in my life, but the rest of the world keeps moving by. You know what God taught me? 
I can rest because when I'm resting, he's still working. You can stop because he's not going to. But your best days will only come when you acknowledge your rest days. And you can slow down because he won't slumber. So who just needs to stop? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me? You exhausted? Or on the brink of exhaustion? Are you trying to live outside your limitations because you're failing to trust his provision? I want to read to you one more psalm as we wrap up this series. And then we're going to worship. And I just want to, I want to give you some time. Not, hey, here's another thing too. You're already in a hurry. It's funny to me. As soon as I give this time and this service, people get in a hurry. You get in a hurry to get out of this room. You get in a hurry to go get your kids. You get in a hurry to, to beat somebody to a restaurant. You, you get in a hurry. It just feeds into what I'm saying. And I want to remind you of something that David knew. Psalm 121. I lift my eyes. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. It's time to slow down. You want to make the most of your time? Get honest about your limitations. Trust his provision. Trust it enough to stop, to slow down, to rest. Father, I pray that as we worship you now, you'd use this time to speak life and truth and hope into your church. As we worship if you feel led to stand, stand. If you feel like you need to kneel, if you feel like you need to come, make an altar around this platform. We just worship him. Climb up into the lap of your heavenly father and allow him. Jesus said, come to me all who are burdened and heavy and I will give you rest. Let's worship. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.